Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Network, and that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. And if you're getting riled up on the Cowboys, you are not alone, Tom, as the entire country seems to have finally woken up to the beast that is the Dallas Cowboys. That's a good and a bad thing to a degree. And the reason that is the case is because while it's great that the Cowboys are getting the recognition that we're perhaps feeling that they should deserve as well, right? We've watched the games very closely, Tom, and we would agree. This looks like an exceptional football team. With that comes a downside. And that downside is, I think, where we find ourselves now, heading into week three, where the Cowboys effectively seem to be in either a holding pattern or maybe some would call it, Tom, a no-win situation. And that is because they are going up against a team this weekend in the Arizona Cardinals, in which they're already favored by 12 and a half. The offense hasn't looked exceptional, but they've looked serviceable. The defense has looked phenomenal. And because of that, it now feels like what more can we learn before we actually get a true test, which is circled on everybody's calendar there when they take on the 49ers in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's it, and it's it's not just the Cardinals. Patriots are zero two. The next and they're the next opponent. Um, it, it is getting easier to believe this. I mean, a lot of us in Cowboys Nation felt that the Cowboys were probably before the season even started. They were part of the big three in the NFC: them, the 49ers, and the Eagles. Now everybody out there seems to be saying those are the three teams that are going to duke it out for who goes to the Super Bowl. Uh, And, you know, the power rankings are showing the Cowboys at or near the top. We all were kind of expecting this to some degree, but being Cowboys fans, we didn't really want to believe And now I think we're actually starting to believe, but like you said, let's not get cocky, man. Well, there are ways that I think the Cowboys can still build going forward against this Arizona Cardinals team. And that is to say, like, there are ways that they could perform against Arizona and New England that have fans feeling potentially even better as they get ready to face off what will be the big clash there in week five against their NFC or their NFC rivals. But with all that 
on the horizon, right? In the moment, it feels like anything short of blowouts, and specifically against this Cardinals team, again, favored by 12 to open, and I expect that line to push over two scores, Tom, probably 14 and a half by the time it kicks off. Uh, The Cowboys should dust this team and take care of business facing a quarterbacking Joshua Dobbs who has looked serviceable there in the first couple of weeks, but also a team in the Cardinals who just gave up the largest lead of the season in which a team eventually lost against the Giants just a week ago. And so they look to be reeling. There's almost no scenario in my head, Tom, that I can see the Cowboys losing this game. And in the past, that's the game that I would fear the most. That's the game that I would be concerned about, especially if it was the Arizona Cardinals. How many demons do we have in our minds, especially in Arizona against this team, especially when they didn't look like they were good enough to beat the Cowboys? Yeah. And so I was going to say the Cardinals have not been very good for a very long time. Yet the Cowboys have dropped six of their last seven games against Arizona. Uh, That's why I thought it was kind of encouraging that Mike McCarthy said that there's a fine line between confidence and complacency. The Cowboys cannot afford to take their foot off the gas. They can't look towards San Francisco. They got to look at this Sunday and then they're going to have to look at next Sunday, and and they've got to play these teams with the full understanding that either of these teams could just completely ruin what is unquestionably a a fantastic start. Uh, We know, I think, if there's anything we're certain of, it's that this defense in Dallas is just a monster. No doubt about it. I think I think if we see them let Arizona score more than the 10 points the Jets put up, then I think that's gonna make people go like, eh. Uh but you look at the at some of the other I saw today the stat the Cowboys has not allowed either of their opponents to cross the Dallas 40-yard line in the entire second half of either game. That says to me they're just shutting down the other team as as the game goes on. Well, and I think we have to ask ourselves how much of that is the Cowboys' ability to shut teams down, how much of that is given the two teams that they have played, how many weapons, how many options do they have to potentially answer the Cowboys' questions when they ask them, right? If all they can do is throw the ball or try to run it up the gut and the Cowboys are handling that with ease, you you might run out of options, right? The question becomes, though, what does this team do? How do the Cowboys react when they do face a team that can answer some of these questions if indeed there are some that can? And we all believe that there's at least a few potentially even in the NFC, that can answer some of these questions. And that's where the questions in our minds, Cowboys fans' minds, still linger. Yeah. Now, 
I will say that there's actually, in looking at that kind of domination, there's an kind of overlooked aspect to it, and that's how the Cowboys have been playing ball control. You know, we still are kind of waiting to see what the Texas Coast offense can do. They ran, I think, 83 offensive plays against the Jets. That's a college number. That's not something NFL teams do. And they did it primarily because they keep having 12-play drops. Even if they get a field goal, they just sit there and eat clock and eat game, and they don't let the other team have the ball. And then when the other team gets the ball, they get kind of desperate. The defense pins its ears back. Bang, you got a sack. You got an interception. It's all good. To emphasize that on the against the Jets, right? These were the Cowboys scoring drives because I've heard a lot of people say, like, well, the defense is putting them in great positions, right? The defense is carrying the load. Well, against the Jets, right? First touchdown in the first quarter, 12 plays, 75 yards. Field goal in the second quarter, 14 plays, 78 yards. They settled for a 35-yarder. Touchdown later in the second quarter, 13 plays, 75 yards. Field goal in the third quarter, 12 plays, 55 yards. Field goal in the third quarter, they did have a four-play, one-yard drive that they scored a field goal on thanks to the defense getting a turnover. And then in the fourth quarter, another field goal, but 12 plays, 71 yards. All of those drives took at least five and a half minutes off the clock. And to your point, that is a formula that can work against a lot of teams as long as they don't make a lot of mistakes. And real quickly on the Texas coast, I think we did see a little bit of what it is. A lot of passing attempts, not a lot of yards per attempt, right? Traditional stats that we might kind of thumb our noses at. But in terms of efficiency, Dak Prescott is getting it done just about as good as any other quarterback in the league. 31 for 38 for 255 yards. That's, I think, what we're kind of – that's what we should expect of the Texas Coast offense. A lot of completions, perhaps not a lot of yardage out of it, but very few mistakes, not a ton of risk. And and I'm okay with that, right? I don't necessarily need my quarterback to be out there taking all the risks in the world to prove to me that he's capable of it. Yeah, and that is kind of textbook West Coast offense style play is you run those long ball control uh, drives because the short pass in the, the West Coast philosophy is basically a substitute for the run. Instead of handing it off to the, 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 the running back trying to get five, six yards out of it, you throw the ball to get five or six yards and add in the possibility that the, the receiver can break a tackle or two and get another five or 10 and you now you've moved the sticks. And, and I, I think that there's a complementary nature to what's going on with the offense and the defense that we're, we're not quite grasping yet just because we've got all these, this other noise about, well, it was the New York teams. Well, you know, this, well, the quarterbacks, well, that, you know, and, and, that's the that's where we the reason we're sitting here, you know, you you said that when when we wanted to do this podcast that we should 
talk about what we've learned and what questions we still have. And it's kind of odd to say that we haven't necessarily learned that much in some ways, while in others, we seem to have learned a heck of a lot. You know, we keep talking about the defense because they're just destroying people out there. Dak Prescott, hey, guess who hasn't thrown an interception this season? Uh, guess who hasn't had a turnover now? They got lucky three times so far. Uh, Dak threw a, a, a pass against the Jets that just should have been picked and was flat out dropped. I can't remember which bat D back dropped the ball. Sauce. And, huh? I think it was Sauce, wasn't it? It might have been Sauce. Yeah. And the two fumbled. Th this is just one of those incredible, quirky little facts to me. The Cowboys have had two fumbles, one of each in each game, and they have recovered both of them. Both times it was Tyler Biotish that got on the loose ball before the de the defenses could even react. And one was a, a, a Tony Pollard run seven yards past the line of scrimmage that showed that Biotish was working into the secondary. The other was a C.D. Lamb pass. I think it was like 30, 40 yards downfield. What is Biotish doing there other than just going out there and looking for – he wants to get ahead of the wide receiver and lead block him into the end zone. That's what I was going to say. When you said that, I'm like, yeah, I do remember that. And one of those was a wide receiver like way up the field. That means he busted his ass to get up there and just – Get involved, right? There was no guarantee. You know, certainly he didn't just react when that ball came out. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been there to make the play. He was just moving up the field. That's really something special to point out, and that's been going the Cowboys' way. That actually does bring me, though, to a question that I don't think we have answered yet, right? And that is, what exactly is this offensive line? Now, they've played serviceably. I think we can mm -hmm. all agree, especially against – some pretty well-regarded defensive lines. I think they're still better to come, right, in a few more weeks, and that they'll truly be tested when they get to face Bosa's in back-to-back -back weeks. But at the same time, we haven't seen it at the height of its powers, and yet the backups have played well enough to look like starters, so much so that we haven't even really had a conversation about what part of the offensive line is leaking, even though, Tom, we haven't had the whole band out there one time yet. And the hope is that, hey, maybe this week in Arizona is the week that we get it. As uh, Tyler um, as Tyler Smith worked back at practice today, Zach Martin, Martin still working on the sidelines from a rehab standpoint. So we'll have to wait and see whether or not he's going to be good to go, whether or not they risk it. But that is still a question in my mind and one we no, don't really know the answer to, although what we've seen has been encouraging. Yeah. You know, three halves of Chuma Adoga and a half of TJ Bass. And you really couldn't tell that it was a problem at all because I don't think it was. Uh, and by the way, Jerry Jones is saying that Zach Martin will be on the field on Sunday. So it looks like we may actually see the starting five, which could, make for some better things. I think the running game 
could use a little help because the Cowboys have had good running totals, but they've been doing it on just running a bunch of two and two and a half yard plays. Um, now, you know, I, I, I will say that another thing where I think the West Coast offense is helping this is because Dak Prescott is getting the ball out really quick. I think he was the fastest overall uh, on, in the first week and the, across the entire league. He had a little more time against the Jets on some plays, but he still is like top five in his release, his speed to get the ball out of there. Mm-hmm. And he's only been sacked once. There's a there is an interplay between the line and the quarterback. You know, there's some. I'm one of them who understands what this kind of is trying to say, who maintain that sacks are a quarterback stat. They, you know, the quarterback so much of the time is responsible for getting sacked. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, you say that, but – and I don't think people sometimes see it. And obviously, yes, right, holding the ball a little bit longer can take take that. But if you watch the Monday night game, a Bryce Young, a rookie quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, he was running around back in the pocket a couple of times. He got out of pressure, saw and looked up, and had the opportunity to get the ball out behind the line of scrimmage. Didn't, and the defender wound up catching him from behind came out as a sack, right, but not really one that the offensive line should be responsible for. That's an extreme example, but there's no doubt in my mind, and actually the Jets even said so after the game, Quinn and Williams said after that game that the Cowboys' scheme was excellent. They were getting the ball out so quickly that it felt like the defensive line had no time to get there, even if they did win their individual matchups. Exactly, because – there's only one Micah Parsons in the league who's God. getting to the quarterback in mm-hmm. 2.1 seconds. All right. Yeah. Fastest <laughs> release time in the league for Dak Prescott. Fastest off the ball 
snap time in Micah Parsons walked in that game against the Jets faster than any player in any game over the last two seasons. Yeah, 0.57 seconds. I can't feel a, a, a rock being dropped on my foot that quickly. It takes longer for the nerve impulses to, to get to my head from my foot than that. I just, it just, part, let's face it, I mean, there's a reason why Parsons was named Defensive Player of the Week this week. Uh, it's because he's the best defender in the National Football League, and I'll say we need to start making the case that he is the best player at any position and should be in the MVP conversation. Well, he is rising up the MVP conversation, at least if you've taken a look at the Vegas books. Now, he's still not quite in the conversation of, you know, the quarterbacks, right? And even not as high of odds as Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. But, I mean, I would agree with you if any player in the last, you know, we've seen Aaron Donald do it. If any player could do it since, it'd be Micah Parsons, at least what we've seen of him thus far. He's got to keep that motor going. But, boy, everything he talks about, everything he does, he seems to have no end to it. Uh, I wonder if he's going to wind up getting himself in trouble at some point, Tom, with how much he's willing to say at times. But Lions what don't is- care for the opinions of sheep anyway. So yeah. What he's been saying has been hard to – to argue with and he hasn't said it in a really offensive manner he just just kind of like these are the facts and while you're talking about parsons and the defense i want to point out something else that that has struck me the cowboys are right now the best in the nfl at sacking the quarterback i think they're tied at 10 with i believe the commanders and they're leading in takeaways now, they led in takeaways the past two seasons. They were third in the league in sacks last year. Those are support, supposed to be things that because of the variables involved, the random nature of stuff, that is supposed to be impossible to replicate on a continuous basis. And they're doing it. There, it's, it's that argument that this is a special bunch with a very special defensive coordinator doing some very special things on the football field. Because, uh, you know, how in the world are they managing it? Yet, here they are. Uh, and, you know, yeah, they, uh, um, Zach Wilson made some really bad decisions on his interceptions, but you know, it's, it's hard to make a really good decisions when all you can hear are the pounding of Micah Parsons feet closing on you from behind. (laughs) So uh, it's now, and that's something to watch. If they keep up these kinds of paces against Arizona, that's got to be incredibly encouraging because it says that, Game to game, they're just able to keep cranking this stuff out. And that's where I say I think Cowboys fans can take some encouragement. We, you know, asking the questions of what we know and what we are still trying to find out. I think we know that this pass rush is relentless. 
I think we know that it's going to show up every game as long as Micah Parsons is there is basically my caveat to that statement. And they're going to show up and they're going to wreak havoc on every opponent that the Cowboys face this season. And that team will have to make some adjustment or some either play transition, play calling, you know, scheme thing to account for what the Cowboys are doing. And don't forget that their run defense hasn't shown any gaps. They held Saquon Barkley to 50 yards. Against the Jets, none of the running backs got into double digits. Now, do we – that's a good one, right? Do we know anything about the Cowboys' run defense? Because I will say this, Tom, in both games, right, the Cowboys had a double score, a two-score lead basically at halftime or even before it. And because of that, it's entirely possible that these teams – abandon the run. I mean, I I know we saw them run in the second half, right? But it was really just to keep the Cowboys honest more than anything. Do we really know anything about the Cowboys' run defense at this time? I I think we know one thing, and that's that their pass rushers are doing pretty dang good against the run because Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence are both eating people up behind the line. Uh, You know, they go in, they start coming, the other team hands it off, and they just <laughs> change their angle a little bit, and bang, they're right there. Uh, let's have a shout-out for Osio Digazua, too, who's tied for the, the team lead in sacks coming out of the middle. He's got three sacks, two games in. When's the last time we saw that from the interior of the Dallas defensive line? And – I think he and Neville Gallimore are doing well. Chauncey Golston has been a part of this. What surprised me when I was looking at the stats for this game, Mozzie Smith only had 11 snaps. That's what I was going to say. All these guys are saving Mozzie Smith right now from the spotlight that might be a little blinding. And and you think, and you think, well, Jonathan Hankins must be taking them. No. Hankins was only on the field for 10 defensive plays. They aren't needing the nose tackles, which means that Dan Quinn's able to leave his pass rush disruptors out there and not worry about the Yeah. That's one I've got to see him do it against somebody like the Niners. All right? I'll give you that one. I don't see how sustainable that is. I don't, you know, maybe it is. I just ain't going to buy it till we get somebody lined up across the line of scrimmage that inspires a little bit more fear, which seems odd given the fact that I'm talking about Brock Purdy. But it's, you know, the, give the man his props. He's getting it done. The You know, the 49ers, like I said, they're part of the cream of the crop in the NFC. And, yeah, that's going to be a heck of a matchup. But we have to see that this all rolls into the desert. If they can go into Phoenix and do this to Arizona, uh, keep them back on their heels, just, you know, dominate it. Like I said, keep them to like 10 points or less, you know, run up the score, have those long, just on and on drives. uh, Then you start to feel better that, well, they can do this against better competition too. And 
that's really all we can hope for is domination from the Cowboys against a much lesser opponent and the Arizona Cardinals that really has no business being on the same football team with this Cowboys team. You mentioned how relentless they've been against the run. They have faced 44 carries this season on the ground. In two games, the defense has combined for 15 tackles for a loss. So on a third of those rushing attempts, the Cowboys are meeting them in the backfield or behind it. That's pretty phenomenal defensive numbers yeah that's you, you have to go you have to think well man is the off did the offensive line suck that bad and i'm kind of saying i'm not sure it's possible to be that bad for for eight quarters of football for the offensive lines to be that that has to be a talent discrepancy issue or it's a matter of the defense just being that much better and and you know, will they be able to do that going on? I sure hope so. I would like to see them continue that kind of domination. And when they go up against a better defensive line, you know, I'll trade tackling them one or two yards past the line for getting behind the line. You know, maybe that'll be the difference, in which case it could all work out. Another thing I think we can say, the secondary is going to be amongst the best units in, in the league. Maybe not the best, but the secondary is dangerous. They're versatile. They can cover lots of different types of talents. As we saw in week one, I think Darren Waller was the best weapon the Giants had to offer. Four catches, 36 yards. Garrett Wilson for the Jets, granted with a diminished quarterback thrown in the ball for sure, but only two catches on eight targets. Granted, he did have the one big touchdown, right? But two catches on eight targets. The Cowboys secondary has really been locked down through two games so far. Not been really tested, right? But I don't even know, you know, maybe Sam Fran, I don't know if he even is a good enough test for many people to say anything about the secondary other than just keep doing what they're doing, keep creating turnovers, and we'll continue to speak of them as, as a top unit in that fashion. And if we're going to talk about people who are just doing exceedingly well this season, we've got to mention Brandon Aubrey. I mean, mm. how much did we agonize over what they were going to do at kicker about, mm. was this a safe decision to make? How much were they going to regret this? Didn't bring any competition for him. You know, and then he missed the first extra point of the season and everybody was kind of like, <gasps> even though you know it was raining and all that. All he's done is make everything since, including a 55-yarder against the Jets. The guy is just banging everything through. And there was a fascinating thing, credit to our, our colleague at Blogging the Boys, Mike Poland, for pulling this up from a, a podcast at DallasCowboys.com, where Nick Eatman revealed that that extra point came after the field goal block, uh, where uh, Noah Igbenogany, I had to stop and think about it, but I know how to say it now, Igbenogany, he he ran it back in, and they came out, and they got confused because the ball they had was a kicking ball. And normally, after a touchdown, they have to go to a different bag for the ball for the kicker. Well, they got confused and instead gave – 
Aubrey a regular play ball, which is not been roughed up. It's the surface of it is is harder, and and so he was kicking the wrong ball when he missed that extra point. Did that was that the reason for it? Yeah, probably shouldn't have been, but it's just an interesting thought that the only miss he's had was when everything was not right and it wasn't his fault and it wasn't the team's fault. Uh, it was a, a an administrative error by the officials. Uh, and yet this guy suddenly people are talking about automatic when they mention him. Who saw <laughs> that coming? Aubrey Matic. Uh yeah. I'm sure someone will come up with a better nickname than uh, that. Yeah. I'm not gonna say this problem is solved just yet. Right, seven of seven is great. Don't get me wrong, but we've also seen it get lost at the worst possible time in a season, unfortunately. So for me, jury's going to be out on the kicker position all season long. I won't relent on that, but I will say to him, hey, fantastic job thus far. Seven of seven can't ask for anything more, and I believe tied for the long field goal this season uh, in the league. So. Um, that's good news as well for the Cowboys. So all things seem to be working in the Cowboys' favor. They face off against the Arizona Cardinals. I've met, I've mentioned the spread a couple times, Tom, because I, I did go ahead and put my money where my mouth is early on that one. I think the Cowboys are easily going to cover 12 and a half, and I think that number pushes a lot higher in the near future. So I put a little money down on that one myself. And with that being said, I guess my prediction means that I feel like the Cowboys win this one easily, but I'm confident in that, right? I don't have any fear about the Arizona Cardinals. I don't even have any fear of the lingering fact that we have seen so many houses of horrors for the Cowboys there in Arizona specifically. I don't know if you remember back in 2022, right? Uh, It was in January of 2022, so it was technically the 2021 season. Kyler Murray wound up beating the Cowboys by throwing a pair of touchdowns to a guy named Antoine Wesley. And you'd be forgiven if you didn't remember that name. I didn't remember it. I didn't even realize he played in the league. I couldn't even remember that name. Wouldn't have been able to pull it out if you told me that was a former NFL player. And yet they were able to do it with that collection of talent. Having said that, like that's done. That's over with the Cowboys are going to dust this Cardinals team, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's something like 31 to 3. Yeah, I I would be real happy with something like a 31 to 10, you know, hold them to just a touchdown and a field goal over the course of the game. And with 31 points, that implies that they score like four touchdowns, which I would love to see the offense do. I want to see them kind of get over some of those red zone issues. Uh but I also do expect that if they go into the second half with the big lead, that McCarthy is going to be very content to just grind it out, you know, five, six yards at a time. We're, I think this team has the deep shots. I mean, it's got Brandon Cooks. We've seen C.D. Lamb get deep and make big gains. We know he can do it. Michael Gallup is – we're hoping going to show up any day now. Uh, and, and, you know, frankly, they haven't needed him to. Uh, but, you know, I don't think we're going to see that deep part of it. They may just keep that 
under wraps as long as they can. Well, I just want to make one request. If they do find themselves in a situation like they were against the Giants or the Jets, can we just get Dak Prescott out, out of there a little bit earlier, please? Uh, he doesn't yeah. need to go into the fourth quarter if they're up by 20. I don't yes. think Dak's night can end at that point. I know we want him to get his stats and all, but let's go ahead and, and understand that there's a long season to go. So uh, give us your thoughts on how you think the Cowboys will play out against the Arizona Cardinals when they take them on on Sunday. And also we want to hear from you what you think we know about the Cowboys, what you think we missed that we should know about the Cowboys or what you're still hoping to have them answer. We want to hear from you and we'd love to interact with you there on the Twitterverse uh, at RW3 or at Tom Rowell BTB. And of course at blogging the boys to follow the great content creators that we have there blogging the boys.com for all of our great content and articles, keeping up with America's team and your favorite football team. So with that, you guys stay, uh, thank you for listening. You stay riled up on the Cowboys and we will see you next Thursday.